The Rebbe says we discussed many times regarding the haftoiris of the three weeks called the Tlosa de Puranusa, three haftoiris that deal with rebuke and punishment, and the seven weeks afterwards, after Tishabov, that we are Shevet and Echem to the seven weeks of comfort, that even though they are not directly speaking about things related to the Parsha, rather they're related to the time of the year, the things that happen this time of the year, Nevertheless, since all matters of Torah are obviously always very precise and accurate, so it's obvious, it's understood, that these Aftoiris as well have a connection not only to the time of the year and what happened, but also to the Parshish and the Torah that we read then. Says the Rebbe, we actually find a very open connection between the Aftoirah of this week, Divrei Yirmiyo, the Goimer, where it starts off discussing in the beginning how Yirmiyo becomes a Navi, and Parshas Pinchos. That is that the Medrash says that both Pinchos and Yirmiyo came from families of Goyim. That is, that Pinchos, the son of Elazar, who married Mebnois Putiel, Putiel being Yisroi. So Pinchos comes from Bas Putiel, the daughter of Yisroi. Yirmiyo is a descendant of Rochav. She's the woman that Yeshua, when he sends the Miraglim, they stay in her house, etc., and then eventually she converts. Yermio was a descendant of Rochav. And because of this, both Pinchas and Yermio were both put down by the Yidden. The Yidden denigrated them. They made fun of them. And this is why we find that the Abishta specifically speaks about the lineage of Pinchas, saying that he's Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron Akoyin. As it says in the beginning of this parsha, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoyin. And so too we find Regarding Yirmiyo, that the beginning of the Haftoyre, the beginning of Yirmiyo, also starts with the words, Divri Yirmiyo, Ben Chilkiyo, Minakoyanim, etc. However, says the Rebbe, it's understood that this connection between them is not only about one little detail, that Yidin made fun of them, Yidin put them down, and because of this, the Torah has to speak about their lineage. But rather, we have to say that there's some general connection in the content, in the idea of the avoid of Pinchas and the avoid of Yirmiyo, and that this general major connection between them is expressed in this particular detail that there's common in between them, which we just mentioned, and that's why Torah Shabal Peh will speak about this connection between Yirmiyo and Pinchas, that they were both made fun of, etc. But obviously it's an expression of something more major in their avoid and this is what we need to understand. What is the general connection between Pinchas and Yirmiya? We also need to understand the connection between the beginning of the Haftorah, Divri Yirmiya, to the three weeks, to the three weeks when we speak about Haftorahs of rebuke and punishment. That is, in the beginning of the Haftorah, it's discussed how Yirmiya actually becomes a Novi. The Pasuk says, Vayihidvar Hashem Leimer, Hashem speaks to me and says, before I even formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. Navi I have made you, I have appointed you to be a Navi for the nations. Yirmiya says back to Hashem, I don't know how to speak. I'm still very young, I'm a youth. And the Abishta responds, don't say you're a youth. I appointed you to uproot to bash, to break down, to build, to plant, etc., etc. And only afterwards comes the nevuah regarding the churban, which is going to come for all of the terrible things that the Yidden had done. And it comes in a way where Hashem shows Yirmiyo a makal shoike, the stick, 
a branch from a tree of almonds that as a result, which, which hints to the idea that the punishment is going to come quick, which obviously this is as a re- because of this part of the Aftoira, that's why it's one of the three Aftoiras of the three weeks at Lhasa the Purunusa. But what we need to understand is what is the connection of this whole introduction of how Yirmiya becomes a Navi to this particular time of the Puranus of punishment and rebuke. Says the Rebbe, the general connection and similarity between Pinchas and Yirmiya is that in the time of both of them, this was a period, a time where Yidin spiritually were on a very, very low level. <clears throat> By Pinchas, there is a sin of the fact that they are having relations with the Benois Moyev, the daughters of Moyev, as well as the Avoidazar of Baal Poir. And so too in the times of Yirmiya, there was a situation then when you had all of the Nevi'im of the Avoidazar called the Baal, and other things that the Yidin were up to at the time, as discussed in detail in the Nevois of Yirmiya, about the lowly situation that Yidin were at the time. And each of them, Pinchas and Yirmiya, aroused the Yidin, inspired the Yidin to tshuva. Yirmiya through his words of Musar of rebuke, and Pinchas by going ahead and killing Zimri in a way that everyone was able to see clearly what Zimri had done wrong and how he deserved the death, which then brought the Yidin to do tshuva. In fact, says the Rebbe, this will also explain why the Parsik emphasizes by Pinchas, where it says, Bekano Yeskinosi, that he was zealous and avenging Hashem, Besoicham in the midst of the Yidin. Seemingly, why is this word Besoicham relevant? That it was Besoicham in the midst of the Yidin, as Mepharshim in fact ask. Because the Pasuk is trying to come and hint to the idea that Pinchas' zealousness actually penetrated Besoicham inside Bnei Yisrael. In other words, it inspired them with the Indian of Tshuva, and that's really what brought the Kapara for the Yidin, Vayechapra Bnei Yisrael, it's not only because of what Pinchas did, but it's because of the Yidin were inspired to do tshuva. So this is the similarity between Yirmiya and Pinchas, bringing the Yidin to tshuva. However, the Rebbe says this itself is still not enough. The fact that they brought Yidin to tshuva when they are on such a lowly level, because clearly this is not something novel, this is not a chidush just for Pinchas and Yirmiya. Obviously, we find this by many of the leaders of the Yidin, and especially the Nevi'im, who brought Yidin to do tshuva. So what is the special common denominator between them? It's the unique way in how they brought Yidin to do tshuva. In order to explain this, the Rebbe first discusses the difference between the Nevuah of Yeshaya and the Nevuah of Yirmiya, where the Gemara says that Yirmiya, Kulei Chorbono, Yirmiya is all about destruction. It's all about the Chorben Beis Hamikdash, it's all about the trouble that is going to come to the Yidin and so on. Yeshaya is all about comfort. Yirmiya's Nevu is about the Churban Beis Amigdash and the Golos. Yeshaya is all about the Yeshua and the Nechama, which comes through it. And it's actually also hinted, says the Rebbe, in their names. Yeshaya is from the word Yeshua, salvation. And Yirmiya has the letters in it of Memresh, Mar, which means bitter. Or as Chazal say in Medrash, the wise he called Yirmiya. Because in his times, Yerushalayim became Irmiya, which means a destruction, a destroyed place. Says the Rebbe, the difference in their Nevois is also connected to the time when they said the Nevoah. The Rebbe is now quoting a Lushan of the Friedrich Rebbe in the Sikha. That Yirmiya was in a time of Tchiyah, 
of abandonment, a time when the hidden fell being pushed away. Hester, it's a time of concealment. Whereas Yeshaya is in a time of Giluim, a time of Gilealikus. Yeshaya is a number of generations before Yirmiya, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Yirmiya is already living through the time of the Churban. And therefore, Yirmiya, the Nevois of Yirmiya, are all in that style of Dechia of Hester, of abandonment, concealment, Churban. Whereas Yeshaya is more about Giluim, is more about revelations, comfort, Geula. Now, even though in the voice of Yeshaya we also have quite a number of ideas of rebuke to the Yidden for their sins, as we see in a number of chapters there, in fact, one of the harshest of the Aftoidus of the three weeks, the last one, is Chazoin Yeshaya, which is clearly rebuke, and yet we refer to the Yeshaya as Kulid Nechemta, it's all about comfort, because his rebuke leads the Yidden to fix up, to do tshuva, but in a way of Nechama, it's through words of comfort, through Giluyim, that's the way he leads the Yidden to do tshuva. In other words, Yeshaya is more about the voice of Geula, which will come if the Yidden do tshuva. That's more the focus. Whereas Yirmi is more inspiring the Yidden, in a way again of the Chi of Hester, by pushing off, by concealment, by bringing out the Churban that's going to happen, as a result of the Yidden not doing tshuva, Says so the Rebbe, now we could start understanding the connection between Yirmiya and Pinchas, because also Pinchas, just like Yirmiya, he brings about the Kapara of Yidin, not so much in a way of Giluyim, of revelations, but more in that harsher way of pushing away or concealment, as we will soon discuss. In order to explain this, says the Rebbe, we're first going to understand it, by those words that Hashem says to Pinchas, about Pinchas, that because, because he removed Hashem's anger from Bnei Yisroel, being zealous and avenging Hashem in their midst, and as a result of that, Hashem doesn't punish and destroy the Yidden, or finish off the Yidden as a result of his anger. And because of all of this, Hashem says, I'm going to give him the reward of Brisi Shalem, my covenant of peace, for himself, for his children, he'll give him kohuna forever, to be him forever. Now from the Pasuk, it seems quite obvious, that the main reason why Pinchas is getting this reward of Brisi Shalem, Hashem's covenant of peace, forever, is because he removes the anger of Hashem from the Eden. Now the fact that Pinchas acted over here in a zealous way, that's only almost like a side point, how he removed Hashem's anger. But the bottom line is, that why is he getting it? Because he removed Hashem's anger. So the question is, this idea of removing Hashem's anger from Bnei Yisrael, we find by Moshe Rabbeinu as well. Not once, but a number of times. As discussed in Chumash, and the Rebbe points out in the footnote, all the various different times, that Moshe Rabbeinu had Hashem's anger removed from Bnei Yisrael. So why do we say this specifically about Pinchas? that because of what he did, he is the one that gets forever this brisi shalom. Furthermore, not only don't we find by Moshe Rabbeinu this idea of being rewarded forever with this bris of shalom for himself and his descendants, but just the opposite. We find that Hashem, well, Moshe Rabbeinu actually wanted something similar. Hashem actually refused to give Moshe Rabbeinu this sort of reward. The Chazal tell us, that later on in Parsha's Pinchas, in this week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem to appoint a leader over the Yidden. What he really wanted was that his own children should be able to take over this honor. 
And Hashem did not agree. Hashem says, take Yoshua Binun. So Moshe's greatness does not pass over to his children. Why is that? So the Rebbe starts looking at some of the differences between the Avoid of Moshe and the Avoid of Pinchas. By Moshe, the way he removes the anger of Hashem is that he davens to Hashem, and his tefillah causes that milamailah from above, Hashem removes the gzeirah from the Yidin. On the other hand, by Pinchas, as we said, it comes through his avoidah. He acts in a zealous way. And furthermore, as we said before, it's kinosi besoicham, that he acts amongst the Yidin in a way that he brings that the Yidin should actually do tshuva. And as a result of that, the kapara comes for the Bnei Yisroel. Another difference, says the Rebbe, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu put his life on the line, Mesiras Nefesh, to get the kapara for the Yidin. He says to Hashem that if you don't forgive the Yidin, Mecheni no erase me from the Sefer that you wrote, from the Sefer Torah. But this is mainly a Mesiras Nefesh, more in the spiritual sense. It's a Neshama type of Mesiras Nefesh. Erase me from the Torah. By Pinchas, on the other hand, it's Mesiras Nefesh in the literal sense. He actually put his life, his physical body on the line, he put him in danger. As Chazal tell us, that Shevet Shimon actually wanted to kill Pinchas because of what he did, and it was only a miracle that saved him. Now it's quite obvious that the fact that we don't find that Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Nefesh with his body doesn't mean that Chas V'Shalom, he wasn't ready for that kind of Mesiras Nefesh, if it was needed. Of course Moshe Rabbeinu would go on Mesiras Nefesh as well. But rather, it means that this was not Moshe Rabbeinu's main avoid. It was not about Mesiras Nefesh of the Guf. So how do we understand this difference between the avoid of Moshe and the avoid of Pinchas? Moshe's avoid generally was an avoid of what we call Melmailolamata, from above to below. In other words, revealing our godliness into this, to this world. On the other hand, Pinchas is more an avoid of Melmatolamailo, elevating, refining the world and elevating the world to be able to get closer to Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu's main idea is Moshe Rabbeinu is Kibble, Torah Messinai. Moshe receives the Torah that comes down from above to below and he gives it over to his Talmudim again, learning Torah, teaching Torah, which through Torah, automatically because of the light of Torah, all the negativity is automatically taken care of. This is a concept of the light pushing away the darkness. The light of Torah, the godly light, achieves in a way of that the darkness is just automatically pushed away. On the other hand, Pinchas is an avoider that's more dealing with elevating, getting the Yidin to do tshuva, taking the darkness, breaking it and lifting it up to re- get the Yidin to return to Hashem. Similarly is the way they deal with themselves as well. By Moshe Rabbeinu, he's mainly serving the Hashem with his neshama, whereas Pinchas is more serving Hashem with his guf. That is, when the avoid is more about giluyor, bringing godliness, light into the world, it mainly impacts the neshama. That is the one that's the container, the vessel, the receptacle for giluyim, for godliness. It doesn't impact the goof, the lowliness so much. Now even though, of course, the neshama also has an effect on the goof, but it's not in the way that the goof on its own is becoming a keli to the oil of the neshama. On the other hand, the avoida of Pinchas, the avoida Mulmatolamailo, that's going to be an avoida that's mainly dealing with the goof, working with the lowliness of the world, elevating it and refining it. Says the Rebbe, this will also be connected to the famous idea that we know that Pinchas and Elio is really the same person. Pinchas who Elio, 
Because as we know, Elio, his avoido was also more of a mulmato lamailo type of avoido. It's known that the avoido of Elio was about refining, elevating the goof. The Rebbe doesn't bring it right here, but in Chassid it says, and that's why Elio's goof goes up lamailo. What the Rebbe does bring is that Elio is the gematria of Nun Beis 52, which in Chassidus and Kabbalah explains this is the shame ban, which represents this avoid of the elevation of the body, of the lowliness, of the Gashmis, and so on. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the, the connection and the idea of the two differences that we said between the avoid of Moshe and the avoid of Pinchas. Moshe, it's through his tefillah that he brings about that Hashem should remove the gzair of the Yidin. In other words, again, it's more of a milmailo lamato type of approach. It's not about a change in the Yidin. It's about Hashem is now going to forgive the Yidin. Pinchas, on the other hand, it's through his avoida, what he's going to do to Zimri. And more than that, it's about what he's going to bring the Yidin to do tshuva. That's how he achieves forgiveness. We also said that by Moshe Rabbeinu's Mesiras Nefesh is more of a neshamadik, a type of spiritual type of Mesiras Nefesh. And by Pinchas, it's more that he's giving up his actual physical body. In fact, says the Rebbe, this is why it says in the Zoyar, that Pinchas corrected the sin of Nodav and Aviyu. Their sin was, that what, what happened by them was, that the Neshama had left the body. In other words, not being able to take the body along with it. The Neshama gets burnt, the body stays alive. There's the concept of Klois HaNefesh. Whereas by the idea of Mesidas Nefesh of Pinchas is about dealing that the Guf itself should also be able to serve the Eibishter. And that's the way through him he's being correcting the chait of Nodav and Avil. And the result of these two types of avoidance, says the Rebbe, when you have an avoidance, that means giluyer, there's a great light shining from above. So yes, on the one hand, also the lowly world is being illuminated and getting the giluyer. But since the mato, the goof, was not refined, so it's possible that when that gilu is going to go away, the lowly world of the body is going to remain exactly where it was before. And in fact, that's why we find that by Matan Torah, when you had the Gilu Oir of Torah, so on the one hand we say, the Zuam or the filth, the impurity of the Yidin went away, but right afterwards it was able to be a Cheto Egel when all of this filth and impurity comes back. But when the Avoidismal Matal Milo and the world itself is being changed, transformed, the Guf is being transformed and elevated, then this is something that's going to endure. This is something that's going to last. And therefore the kapara that's achieved through Pinchas is not just a one-time thing, but it's an ongoing kapara. It continues all the time. The Rebbe brings what it says in Sifri on the Pasuk Vayachaper al Bnei Yisrael, that up until today, Pinchas continues bringing the kapara all the way till the time of Tchiyas HaMason. Now we can understand why he gets the reward of Brisi Sholem for himself and his descendants forever, Dafke Pinchas gets this, because since the way he removes Hashem's anger is in a way that doesn't stop, that doesn't pause, so therefore the reward Mida, Keneged Mida, is also in a way that he gets the Brisi Sholem for himself and his children forever without pause. Says the Rebbe, now we could go back and start understanding the connection between Pinchas and Yermia. As discussed earlier, the difference between Yeshaya and Yermia was that Yermia was more in a time of darkness, Dechia, abandonment or pushing away. Yeshaya is in a time of Giluyim. 
And that was the difference between the avoid. That is the same dif- difference between an avoid the bederach mul maila lamato or mul mato lamaila. Avoid the bederach mul maila lamato is about a gilui oil shining from above. Mitzadneshamo. Generally, that's the avoid in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, a time of comfort when the oil liki is shining in an open and revealed way. On the other hand, the avoid the mul mato is dealing with the negativity, dealing with the lowliness in the place of dechi of a hester. Within a person himself, that's more like the avoider of dealing with the goof and the nefesh of Bahamas and his portion in the world, elevating it. Or generally, in, in our world, this is the avoider of Zman HaGolos, a time of Churban. Not to be affected by the difficulty, by the challenges of the darkness of Golos. In fact, even che- taking the darkness of Gufa, of Golos itself and transforming it into light. As the Pasuk says, that the night itself will shine like the day. Says the Rebbe, this is also the connection to what we mentioned in the beginning of the Sikha, that both Pinchas and Yirmiya come from families of Goyim. And therefore the Yidin were putting them down. Says the Rebbe, this is actually what expresses the common denominator between the two of them, working in a way of Mulmata Lamaila, first of all, as far as is concerning themselves as individuals. In other words, it's their avoid is all about being Mavara to elevate. The own lowliness, so to speak, coming from a family of Goyim, as well as dealing with the world around them as well, that not rest- notwithstanding the fact that the Yidin might be making fun of them, yet what are they doing? Inspiring the Yidin themselves to do tshuva. And the Rebbe explains, if it's an avoid of Hamshachamul Mailalamato, so yes, the Oir is able to, the light will be able to go down and impact only the kind of lowly place which is not in complete opposite to the oil. But if it's something so lowly that's actually opposing the oil, then the oil seemingly wouldn't be able to get there. Rather, you'd have to break it. But when we deal with this sort of avoida of, where you're dealing with the mata, you're dealing with the lowliness, you're elevating it, you're refining it. So then you could even deal with such a place that's seemingly making fun of Kedusha, and you could even elevate that sort of darkness and transform it into air. The Rebbe now moves on to the Hira from all of this in practical avoida. There are those people that kachzich very much, very involved in matters of the neshama, Torah, tefillah, etc. However, they don't really get so much involved with the lowly things, the matters of the goof, that that too should be permeated with Kedusha. In a more general way, these are people that might be sort of dealing only with themselves. Yes, possibly not only with matters of the neshama, also with the matters of goof and the world around them, but still mainly staying in their own own daladamas and not going to get involved with other people, with the outside that's far from Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, we need to know that this Seder Avoida is not necessarily going to last. Because, yes, it's all very nice and good that when you're dealing with the matters of the neshama, you're going to stand in an elevated state. But when suddenly you're going to have to deal with matters of the world, then it's possible that not only aren't you going to elevate it, but it might even pull you down and make you more coarse. And so too, the way you have dealing with the lowliness and the outside of the world. In other words, it might be true that when you're standing by yourself, yes, you're going to be perfect. But if there is going to be a situation where suddenly you need to interact with the world, with the outside, 
then it's possible that chas v'sholoim, it's going to schlep you down, it's going to bring you down from your level. And therefore, what's really needed from a Yid is that together with his avoid opinions, dealing with his matters of the neshama, he also has to get involved with the outside, even with the furthest chutz, with the furthest outside. In other words, making everything to be a keli for the wellsprings of Torah and mitzvahs. Says the Rebbe, now we can also see the connection of all of this to the time of Bainam Tzorim. The fact that the Eibishtas and Yidin in Golos was with the Kavana, that Yidin should elevate all the Inyanim of the Golos and transforming them in a way of his and changing darkness into light. Says the Rebbe, so a Yid could come along and argue, how is he going to be able to manage in such a time of darkness, of Tchi, of Esther, a time where seemingly we feel being pushed away and this concealment? Especially when it's being demanded of us that not only shouldn't we be impacted by the darkness and the concealment, but we should even transform the time of Bainam Tzorim into Sosin and Simcha. And for this we have the answer in the Haftarah, in the first Shabbos of Bainam Tzorim, how we have, even before getting into the Nevois related to the Churban and the Puranus, we start speaking about the lineage of Yirmi and how he becomes a Navi. How we speak about Yirmiya being Ben Chilkiyo, Minakoyinim, etc. And the story of how he originally he's scared to become a Navi over the nations. And the Abishta has to tell him, don't be afraid because I'm with you. The Abishta says, I'm with you, I'm going to give you all the koiches to be able to transform and impact the nations and all of the different governments, etc. Because we asked in the beginning of the Sikha, how is this all relevant to the Haftarah of the three weeks? So this is what the Rebbe is explaining now. And the Rebbe says the same thing is true with each and every one of us as an individual. That notwithstanding the great concealment of the time of Golos, a Yid is given from above all of the necessary koiches to transform the concealment itself into light. The Rebbe says it's known that the descent of the Neshama down here into this world is like an idea of Golos. And therefore the Rebbe says all of these things that we describe of how the Golos works in a similar way works also within the person himself, Oilum Katan Zeadam. When a Neshama comes down into Tulasa the Puranusa, this is an expression of the th- regarding the three Aftoires of punishment of the three weeks. But in a more general way, the Rebbe says this refers to the Neshama descending through the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, which even on Oilum Abriya, there's already some element of Rav, some bad. So the Neshama starts getting scared. How is it going to be able to fulfill its task? How is it going to be able to do the Avoidah in the Golos of this world? So the Nisham is immediately told in the beginning of its descent, in the first Haftarah of these Tlosa de Purunusa, where the Abishta says to the, to the Nisham, Even before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you already. Before you came out of your mother's womb, Higdashticha, I already sanctified you. Navi I made you a Navi to the nations. That means you have nothing to be afraid of your mission to be a Navi for the Goyim. The avoid of elevating the Goyim side of you, the goof and the Nefesh is in your portion of the world. Because, number one, I said, Before I even formed you, I knew you, meaning you have an Ashama Kedosha, a godly, a Kamimal which its source is higher than any of these Yeridas, any of these descents. Before I formed you, I already have known you and made you holy. 
Beterem teitze mi rechem ikdash ticho. Meaning to say, not only do you have a holy neshama, but I made you holy, I prepared you already in your mother's womb, you were taught all of the Torah. Now even though you might say that when you're born, a malach comes and makes you forget the whole Torah, but that's only, begili, that's only on the revealed level. But Pnimis, you always have it. And that gives you the koyach, that even as you're down here in this world, you should be able to learn Torah as you were taught in your mother's stomach. Says the Neshama, similar to what Yirmiya says to Hashem, Loya daiti daber, I don't know how to talk. I'm still a young man, I'm still a youth. Which means the Neshama is saying, yes, it's all very nice, that but Pnimiyas I have all of the Torah, but Begilui, I'm a young boy. So it's all very nice as far as my Neshama is concerned. In other words, but Pnimiyas, fine, I might have enough Koiches not to be impacted by the world, and I can go and learn Torah. But to become a Navi Lagoyim, to be able to speak, to be able to change the guf, the Nefshabaham is my portion in the world, I feel very little, I feel very small. Says Hashem, to hear me and so to the Neshama, Al Toimar Nara Noichi, don't say you're a young lad. Wherever I sent you, that's where you'll go. Al Tirim Epneim, don't be afraid of them. Ki Itchani, because I'm with you. That is, not only do you have a Chelekalikami Mal Mamish, not only do you have the Koiches, which comes from the fact that you were taught to hold Torah in your mother's womb. But even afterwards, even when the Neshama is already inside the guf, even inside the Golos, you are being given koiches from Hashem. Itcha'ani, I'm always with you. Even as you're down here, you can be able to, you have the koiches to fulfill the shlichus. As the Pasuk says, I'll call Asher to everything where I'll send you. You have the ability to accomplish on the Goyim, on the Mamlochos. And in both areas, as the Pasuk says, to, uh, to uproot, to bash, to break, as well as to build and to plant, which are the two kavim of impacting the world, both in Sur Meirah and Asay Toiv. Furthermore, the Neshama is told, and Yirmi is told, and so to the Neshama. The Pasik says, Don't be afraid of them. Because if you do, I will break you down in front of them. That means don't think you could try to say you'll just suffice by saving yourself, saying, I saved myself, and you won't have anything to do with the world. You'll continue saying, I'm still too young and too small. So you're told, no, since you have the goof and the nefesh in this Gashmiyazdika world, and the world is connected to you, it's negaya to you. If you want to make sure that you are not broken down and not lowered by the world, then I'll take us, don't be afraid to take the world and make it for a dealer to Hashem. Says the Rebbe, and through this avoida, acting in this way, will be zoicha very, very soon, to the time when we know that Pinchas Hu Elio will be Mavasid Absurah of B.S. HaMashiach, who will take us out, Begu'ullah Ha'amitiz Ve'ashleimah.